Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, that's that such a delayed response. Is, wait, was that response coming from 2002? <laughs> There you go. Before we forget, BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. And if you could, please, whatever podcast app you're listening through, especially if you're listening on iTunes, if you could drop us a rating and a review so that we climb the charts in terms of search results. So when people are looking for a new video game music podcast to listen to you, BG Mania will start showing up in their searches. All it takes less than two minutes. Drop us a rating, whether that's three stars, four stars, five stars, preferably five stars, uh, whatever you think we, whatever you feel we deserve and leave us a review. That way, even if it's a constructive review, we can know what to do better to make it more enjoyable for you. But yes, a rating and a review definitely would be greatly appreciated and I do think we need to start talking about this. We did this on the Max Level podcast as well, uh, if you listen to that show. But starting in 2019, we will be switching podcast hosts. As of now, I host everything myself. It's done at leveldowngames.com. Our shows, Max Level, and especially BG Mania, BG Mania is our most popular show that we do, has been since we started it, and it's the one that continues to grow on a weekly basis, and it's doing really, really well, in, in, in my opinion. But uh, I, I feel like our shows are big enough now to where I need to put them on dedicated hosting platforms. So I've been looking around at different podcasts hosts and, and where I could host our, our, our MP3s with unlimited bandwidth and, you know, faster download speeds for people that are downloading through the podcast apps and, you know, just better, better fine tune our show for our own experience and for the listener experience. So starting in 2019 and it'll be starting on the episode on January 9th. So that's January 9th. That Wednesday's edition of BG Mania. I believe that is the second episode of BG Mania in 2019. So not the first Wednesday, but the second Wednesday of the month. So January 9th, 2019 will be the day that hopefully everything will be switched over. And I, I will keep talking about this leading every single week leading up to it. But that way, that way you don't forget. Make sure if you do not see an episode by midday, wherever you're at, by midday, January 9th, 2019, double check and make sure there isn't another BG Mania RSS feed. So if you're subscribed to BG Mania and on January 9th, you don't see an episode of BG Mania post, do a quick search for po- for new podcasts. Make sure there's not another BG Mania because if everything goes according to plan, everything should transfer fine. There will be no issues. All of our subscribers will transfer that we currently have. If there are issues, we're going to lose every single subscriber that we have. I'm hoping I can do this with literally no issues. But as always, there are issues and we always know there's going to be issues that arise. So I, I want to start talking about this with a month and a month and a half in advance. So that way, even if somebody doesn't listen to a particular episode between now and January 9th, hopefully every single one of our subscribers will at least listen to one episode. You know what I mean? So hopefully uh, they'll, they'll do that. But that's enough out of the way. That's, uh, that's all done. We'll talk about that more each week. Let's talk about the episode this week. As I mentioned there with your uh, little delayed response coming from 2002, we're going to be focusing on music from the year 2002 on this episode of BG Mania. And in order to qualify, as we mentioned at the end of the show last week, 
the game had to have released in the original country that it released in 2002. The opening track you heard was my first pick. That was Kyrie One from Kingdom Hearts, which originally released March 28th, 2002 in Japan. We also would get it in 2002 here in North America, September 17th, 2002. But originally, that was March 28th, 2002 oh, well, over in Japan. It does count for both. Um, this was published and developed when it was still just Squaresoft. This was before the merger with Square Enix, because I think that came in 2003. And of course, this was composed by the goddess herself, Yoko Shimomura, one of my all-time favorite video game composers. And what a beautiful it's track this great, is. Yeah, what a beautiful track to it open was. up today's episode. Uh, her work with Kingdom Hearts is just truly stellar, man. I, I really appreciate everything that she does with this soundtrack on every game that she works on for Kingdom Hearts and every game she works on in general, man. And I say this all the time. Literally everything she touches is gold, in my opinion. Uh, she doesn't really compose anything that I feel is not worthy of being a Yoko Shimomura track. Like everything she does, she pours her heart into, as we talked about in the uh, composer spotlight we did on her. She pours her heart into it. She literally does everything she can to make every track better than the next. And I do appreciate that about her. Um, one of my favorite character themes, I think, in Kingdom Hearts would be Kairi. Uh, again, this is a gorgeous piece of music. Very, very, very well done. And 2002 was a hell of a year, too. It was. There was a lot of games to pick from. And I guess I guess now I can start making fun of you. Uh, what the hell were you thinking with these picks? Well, before I start, do you know the top song in general, 2002? Uh, Bad Picks by Frank, uh, the, I don't know, I don't, uh, what is it? No, it was probably one of the greatest songs ever written. This is how you remind me by the Nickelback. Okay, so, what I did for my picks was I tried to pick things that were off the wall games I would never ever pick from because 2002 was the year of the licensed video game. So many licensed video games came out in 02. So, so much so, every game you picked is a licensed game. Yeah, so uh, everything I picked is a licensed game. I wanted to really just kind of spread my funk all over the, uh, the, the era. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to make fun of you this entire episode for spreading your funk all over these games, dude. In fact, I want to spread it all over the galaxy. Okay. From Star Wars Bounty Hunter, this is Montrose.
and that was Montrose from Star Wars Bounty Hunter, uh, composed by Jeremy Soul. Um, he's actually known as the John Williams of video games music, and nothing better to kind of highlight that than something that sounds just like a John Williams piece. Yeah, yeah, obviously, um, most people are going to recognize him from like Elder Scrolls fame. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but he also did the Harry Potter games on the PC. Those were excellent. I highly recommend those. But yeah, so a game I never would have actually picked from um, that I'm highlighting. For good reason. For good reason, because there's better games that released in 2002 than Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's not. But there's better games out there. Oh, what popular game did you pick from, Brian? Uh, well, my next Kingdom pick actually... Hearts. Well, yeah, Kingdom Hearts was way more popular than Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Uh, several, several popular games are not making the episode today. Metroid Prime, not making the episode today. Metroid what? M- Metroid Prime. Metroid Fusion's not making the episode today. Well, are, we, are we just making? Are we just making the na- making up names of video games? I'm just Metroid and a random number or something. Warcraft Three is not making the episode today. Because the music from Warcraft sucks. Yeah, okay. Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind's not making it today. I can't. How, how many Jeremy Soul tracks do you need from me? Come on. Uh, quite a few, dude. We need, we need more. We need more. I the, we, we're going to artist spotlight him. Uh, yeah, eventually. Weekend, so. No, we're not. But uh, eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, well, I'm quick. <laughs> uh, I, I actually do think we're going to have to do a part two for 2002, just because uh, I need you to do a redo of your picks and pick better music next time. <laughs> I think this is going to be the highest rated episode that we've done. People are going to be so impressed. And, and, and not that your music is bad. Yeah. No, I was going to say, know, it, your music isn't bad. Track. I know they are. I know they are. I just think there's, uh, there's, there's, it's just funny the games you actually picked from knowing what released in 2002. Uh, I actually have eight more picks ready to go for a part two for 2002. So I do think we will do a part two to this oh, year. Oh, I can do in eight picks in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think we will do that in the future. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move on then to, uh, to my next pick, track number three on today's episode happens to come from a, a JRPG. Now, there are a few JRPGs on my list this week because 2002 was a strong year for JRPGs. Uh, one of the biggest that released was Suikoden 3. So from that game, Exceeding Love.
And that was Exceeding Love from Suikoden 3, which released, just so we know that it counts. I don't think you said when Star Wars Bounty Hunter 2, so I don't even know if that game counted. Count in 2002. Well, yeah, but we need to know. We need to say these things. Come on now. 2002. Uh, 2002. Yes, I know, but I want to know when. I want to know when it counts and why. Uh, Suikoden 3 released originally on the PlayStation 2 over in Japan July 11th, 2002. Just like Kingdom Hearts, North America would also see it in 2002 on October 24th, just a couple months later. So it counts for uh, for both territories. This most of this entire game, but this track in particular, was composed by someone we are definitely doing a spotlight on in the future, Machiro Yamani, which should be a name that you are very familiar with because she is one of the most prominent composers over in Japan in terms of Konami which it did own the Suikoden series because she is known primarily for her work in the Castlevania series, most notably Castlevania Bloodlines and Symphony of the Night. Arguably the best game in the whole series. Yeah, I, I agreed. Symphony of the Night. Um, but yeah, her uh, resume at Konami is, is very, very, very well done. Uh, and what's crazy, Suikoden 3, I'm looking at her list. The first JRPG she ever worked on. Mm. Nice. Yeah, first JRPG she ever worked on, and then she went on to uh, to do the soundtrack for Suikoden uh, 4, and she did the soundtrack for Elibits on the Wii. I didn't know that. I played that. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Suikoden 3 and 4, the only two JRPGs she ever did the soundtrack for. So, uh, not really a JRPG composer. Uh, she's she's actually working on Bloodstained Ritual of the Night with uh, Koji Igarashi coming out next year. That's uh, th thank you for that. That actually is going to lead into my uh, my pick. Okay, perfect. How so? Twofold, and we'll talk about when we come back. This is Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee Fight Theme Number Six.
and that was fight theme number six from Godzilla destroy all monsters melee uh, when it comes to 2002 this is a triple threat across the board came out October 8, 2002 here in North America November 15, 2002 in Europe and other PAL locations and December 12, 2002 in Japan good for you for doing your research um, so uh, you, I said before it's gonna tie back into your pick this was actually uh, composed by Jay Kaufman who also is composing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night yeah he's working with Machiro Yamani on that one uh, one of the only picks I probably won't give you shit about today because I really do enjoy me some Jake Kaufman. I think he's one of the greater composers around in the modern era. Uh, thank you, Brian, for realizing my broken brilliance. I didn't or, say I wouldn't say that. Or Jake Kaufman's brilliance. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take credit where credit's <laughs> not due. Uh, but yeah, I'll, have you played this game? This one was... Absolutely. The GameCube okay, version. Like, the GameCube version. The, 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 the GameCube version. Uh, I bought this game because it reminded me so much of that... Uh, a Destroy All Monsters game that came out on Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that uh, originally I saw on Nick Arcade and wanted to play and be in, and that's right, Nick Arcade. That was a show from back in the nineties. It was. It was not two. Not two thousand two. But speaking of two thousand two, do you know the top movie two thousand two? Um, actually, I probably do. Well, Brian, what is it? It's a big one, isn't it? Right, it's the biggest, the biggest movie of all time. I don't think it's the biggest movie of all time. Uh, I actually don't know. It was Catch Me If You Can, um, going up against the movie that won for best movie of the year called Gangs of New York. Oh, Catch Me Outside. How about that? <laughs> other, uh, other, other, other notable uh, release of that year was Ice Age. Okay. Blade Two. Awesome Powers Gold member, Signs, and finally, this live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, yeah, Scooby-Doo. Sure, that was a great movie. Not really. Uh, I didn't enjoy that that much. I don't know. Some people no, did. No one, no, one, no one did. Some people did. Not me, though. Not me, though. Uh, Maybe uh, Freddie Prince Jr. when he got that paycheck. That's about it. <laughs> Let's move on to my next pick for today's episode, focusing on music released strictly in 2002. We're going to go to a PC game from a composer we've already heard on today's episode from Neverwinter Nights. This is the main theme.
And that was the main theme from Neverwinter Nights, which, just for clarification, released June 18th, 2002, here in North America on PC. Um, and I mentioned from a composer that we've already heard, Jeremy Soule. You steal from me. I don't steal from you. I picked the better track. How about that? I picked the better tracks. Better than uh, a song from the Star Wars games? Come on now. Uh, yeah, I actually like the main theme from Neverwinter Nights better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, crazy that we've never picked from a Neverwinter Nights game. Is that what I, to- is that what I told you? I go, yeah. I, I, when I started playing, I go, Brian, did we hear this already? There's no way we didn't pick from Yeah, you, you asked me if you had already picked this or not, because this is a fantastic game, highly regarded in the uh, in the community. I mean, this this has high nines across the board for reviews. Uh, Metacritic sitting at a 91 for this game. Uh, very popular. And it kind of sucks that the uh, the Neverwinter Nights series just never got big because the last game that came out in the Neverwinter Nights franchise was Mysteries of Westgate in 2009. It's been almost 10 years, and that was April of 2009. It'll come back. I hope so, man. But at the same time, I don't think it will for one major reason. It was developed by BioWare. This was before... They're having a resurgence. No, they aren't. They're having a a regression. Uh, this was. Bio-Mutant. That's not Bioware. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's Biomutant, <laughs> uh, which I believe is THQ Nordic. Yes, my favorite my favorite developer. <laughs> I like them, but they need to stop buying people and just focus on what they have. Uh, but this was Bioware before they got purchased by EA. So. It was published by Infogrames on PC and Maxsoft for Macintosh. Uh, Now that Bioware is under the EA banner and not doing well under the EA banner, might I add, I don't know that we'll ever see a return to Neverwinter Nights. Just like I don't know if we'll ever see a return to uh, Mass Effect after the abomination that was Andromeda. Mark my words, we're going to see another Mass Effect. Yeah. Not by Bioware. No, not by Bioware. Not by Bioware. Which is really, really sad to think about. Really, really sad to think about. Not by Bioware. How about I play you a little track that'll lift your spirits? I need it right now. I need it. From a series that we all love. From Taz Wanted. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is Zuni Tunes.
And that was Zooney Tunes from Taz Wanted. Came out in September 17th of 2002. Uh, it was a very fun game I played on the GameCube. Did you? I did. No, I can't lie. I broke, I broke the rule, Brian. I've never even <laughs> heard of this game until you submitted your list. <laughs> I lie, guys. <laughs> I didn't even uh, hear of this game until you submitted it's, your it's list. The, it's, the only game it's the only game on this list that I haven't played the hell yeah, out of. Yeah. Uh, but it was composed by Mark Kenham. Who's okay. famous for a couple games, uh, Far Cry 2 being one of them. Okay. And the one you could definitely hear the inspiration, Infamous Second Son. Okay. I don't think he's done too many things. I, that name doesn't ring no, a bell to me no, that much. Like, not, not okay. too many. Okay. He's done Far Cry 2, Infamous okay. Second Son, and Taz Wanted. So that, that I've noticed. So there you go. Oh, okay. Okay. The, the holy trilogy of great games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Far Cry 2 is okay. Far Cry 3 is still the best Far Cry, in my opinion. Five is probably number two now. I really liked five. Um, I think the I think Infamous Second Son might be my favorite thing he's worked on. I really, really liked Second Son. That was a good game. Yeah, we really liked that. That was given to me for free. Well, yeah, okay. I actually bought it when it, day one when it came out because I was itching for PS4 games at the time because this was one of the launch window games. Not launch games, but launch window games. Uh, I don't hear Taz Wanted in Second Son. I don't hear that. You don't feel that? You don't no. feel the influence? No, I don't. I don't. Because it was more... I, I don't... I, I want to say that Infamous and Second Son's soundtrack had more of a of a grunge influence to it taking place in Seattle, whereas I don't get that grunge feel to it from Taz Wanted. I felt it in, my, in, in the cockles of my heart. Okay. Okay. That, that, that or it's uh, cholesterol. One or the other. It's huh? probably cholesterol build-up. You should probably get that checked out someday. I think... Yeah. Uh, you need to. You need to live forever. <laughs> Me. Uh, all right. Let's go to my next pick from something that is much more popular and much more widely known than, than the Tasmanian Devil. Than Taz Wanted. Yes. Than Taz Wanted. Uh, from one of the arguably one of the better games, if not the best game on the GameCube, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. This is Errol's theme.
And that was Errol's theme from The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, which released, barely making the cut, released in Japan, December 13th, 2002. We would eventually see it here in North America, March 24th of 2003, but it does make the 2002 list. Uh, this particular track, well, the game itself was composed by four composers that we talked about in our Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker episode, Kenta Nagata, Hajime Wakai, Toro Minigishi, and Koji Kondo. This particular track was done by Mr. Kenta Nagata, who did a majority of the Wind Waker soundtrack. There's several, uh, man, like, I want to say like about 30 tracks were him on this on the soundtrack. So he had a he had a healthy contribution to this particular soundtrack. That paycheck, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the most he's he's the one that is most associated with the Wind Waker and uh, and rightfully so, man. I, I really do feel like he worked on uh, some of the some of the better tracks in the Wind Waker. Not every good track, but a lot of the good ones like Windfall Island and in particular, the best track in the game, Dragon Roost Island, which we did play during that episode. Uh, still to this day, one of my favorite Zelda songs of all time. Uh, and it really just makes me long for a new Zelda experience, man. As we as we talked about in a recent episode of the Max Level podcast uh, two weeks ago, actually, with the recent news of the Legend of Zelda team hiring someone that is capable of creating 3D dungeons and maps and all that. Uh, I'm really hoping that the next Zelda experience goes to a, a more traditional one while still keeping the Breath of the Wild idea of an open world. But instead of shrines, there's dungeons. You know what I mean? That's 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 the only change I want, dude. I want the Breath of the Wild open world formula. Yeah, that graphic style is fine with me, too. I loved the art style of Breath of the Wild and the Wind Waker. They, they just I mean, it was a perfect mix of the two, which is great. But uh, keep that open world style and just add more dungeons. There could still be many dungeons like shrines. There could still be that. Just give me more dungeons and no divine beasts and I'll be happy. I want divine beast dungeons and shrines. I want it all. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want divine beasts back because uh, they can't do that again because that, that plot device has already been done. Yeah. So I, I don't want to see them go back to that idea. I definitely want traditional dungeons to return. And I want there to be Twilight Princess amounts of dungeons, because that still to this day has the most dungeons in any Zelda game. I just want a massive dungeon-filled Zelda, dude. That's all I want. That's open world. Kind of like a link, to, a link between worlds where I can go to any dungeon that I want to at any time. Okay. Um, but there would have to be a way that you would... Uh, I, there would have to be an item shop like that again, then where you can just take the items that you need for the dungeons, because otherwise, with no set path, you couldn't unlock an item that you would therefore use, unless, unless the dungeons were designed, like the first couple rooms were designed to be completed with nothing, you get the item, and then you can use it in the rest of the dungeon. That might work. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Link to the Past, though. Yeah, that might work. Well, yeah, I guess, because you could go to the first four dungeons of Link to the Past in any order, right? For the most part. There was just... It was harder if you went to one, and I think one was blocked, but the other the other two you could do in any order, either one or the other, so. Anyway. Alright, so what awesome licensed game am I going to hit you with today? Today? You've been hitting them all today. Oh, today, tomorrow, we'll do it every day of the week. If you break this up, you can listen to the podcast little by little. Uh, <laughs> so, 
Fox has a bit of a habit of uh, making Simpsons games based on other popular franchises. You may know Simpsons Hit and Run did Crazy Taxi. Well, this song is from a from, from uh, them ripping off Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. This is Springfield Elementary 2 from The Simpsons Skateboarding. that was Springfield Elementary 2 from The Simpsons Skateboarding. Came out November 12th, 2002. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned before, these Simpsons games, they love to rip off other games. We had, cra- we had Crazy Taxi. We have Tony Hawk. That's just GTA. the Simpsons in general, though. They did Simpsons Wrestling, which is a horrible game that I don't recommend anyone ever play. But no, no, no. What I mean is that's just, that's just Simpsons mentality in general. Like, that's just the, the beauty of the cartoon is that they'll make fun of and, and take inspiration from everything. It's much like South Park. No, South Park is like Simpsons. Simpsons did it first. Well, I, I get that. I know. I mean, they had a whole episode of South Park about how the Simpsons did it first. But, uh... But you, you were right. You are absolutely right, because the Simpsons borrow from, like... They borrow from everything, from yeah, Twilight they, Zone, from they, this, they, from that. They do, and that's what makes the cartoon exciting and fun, is that, you know, they're, they're not afraid to make fun of something and take inspiration and literally just take a formula and apply Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa like into the into the mix and, and make something out of it, whether that's Simpsons hit and run, Simpsons wrestling, Simpsons skateboarding, uh, Simpsons. Even the Simpsons arcade game was a stand up beat him up. Like yeah, <laughs> it was. There's there's more Simpsons games I can't think of. This was composed by Christopher Tang. Uh, Christopher Tang uh, is actually he does all the music for The Simpsons, Futurama. He also <laughs> did music for The O.C., The Job, Knight Rider, Suits, High Incident and Rescue Me. OK, so he's actually the composer for the cartoon as well. Yeah. Uh, he also composed the CGI animated holiday special, Olive, the Other Reindeer. Oh, wow. Congratulations. 
So, uh, well, it's a bit of a festive pick. Yeah. Academy Award winning, right? Uh, no, I do have an Emmy Award winning <laughs> composer coming up later on. I know, I know. That's why I made that joke. Good stuff. I'm going to go to a game. It's another JRPG. I like JRPGs, as we all know. And uh, I have two more. I have two more today. And they're going to be back to back. So let's go to one right now. From Grandia Extreme. This is Combat 1. Combat 1 from Grandia Extreme, which released January 31st, 2002 over in Japan. We would see it September 30th, 2002 here in North America. And this is, this takes place between Grandia 2 and Grandia 3. So it went Grandia, Grandia 2, Grandia Extreme, and then Grandia 3. Uh, Much like the rest of the Grandia series, it was composed by one of my favorites, Noriyuki Awadare who, again, as I mentioned last week when we played the uh, the track from, from Grandia, uh, I am going to do a composer spotlight on him in the future. Well, you are as well. We are. Not just me, but we are. Uh, because I love his work, dude. I love his music, and I think he's a fantastic composer. So we will definitely focus on him at some point in the future. And I actually think he's penciled in for next year, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. I, th- I think you did. Yeah, I think I have him penciled in for next year. I think it's like towards the tail end of the year, but yeah, I do believe he's coming up next year. So uh, looking forward to that. But yeah, man, I I really, really, like I mentioned last week, looking forward to playing the uh, remastered versions of Grandia 1 and 2 when they come to Nintendo Switch. Uh, Hopefully still later this year. It still says winter 2018. That could mean later this year or that could mean early next year. 
So, uh, but I, but I'm definitely playing Grandia One and Two Remastered, and I am hoping that Extreme and Three will get the remaster treatment as well in the future because I'd love to have the whole franchise done again. I really would. Mega Four. Um, I would be okay with it, but I get why they don't want to. It's understandable. Out of respect, we do. Yeah, out of respect for the creator of the of the of the series. Obviously, that passed away. They've uh, they've left that to be his legacy. Um, like I said, I I would have li- I would love a fourth done in memorial to him, but I, I get why they don't want to do it either. So it makes sense to me. I have a question for you, Brian. Absolutely. What does GTA Five, Red Dead Redemption, Midnight Club, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer all have in common? Uh, the composer. The composer. There you go. You like that? Yeah, because I know because I know Rockstar didn't develop Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but they did do the other three. <laughs> they did Midnight Club, they did Red Dead, and they do Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> well, from the composer of those games, yeah, here comes the main menu from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. was main menu from Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out on the Xbox August 18th 2002 composed by Stephen Von Kampen okay kind of eerie would have fit our Halloween episodes very very spooky very fun game I actually really enjoyed this one I like going around killing vampires yeah I've never played it I actually I remember seeing the cover of this multiple times when I worked at GameStop but I always skipped over it now you're probably playing other vampire killing games like Castlevania yeah, or something. The, the better ones. Now, I don't know. This, this really was a good game. Um, although I preferred the GameCube version. Okay. But it didn't fit, it didn't fit the 2002 motif, so I couldn't pick from that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, there's rules to this. Uh, but yeah, this, this is an underrated game. 
Uh, it's definitely up there in, in, in the annals of like the best games ever. It's, it's right there with Persona 5. And, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now we're getting carried away. I'm going to cut you off there. We're getting carried All away. Right. So what, what, do you got? What, do you, what do you got, Brian? What, what do you have for us? Well, I guess because there isn't much to say about the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer game. Oh, absolutely game. not. Yeah, I'll, I'll, even even though that it was a spooky track and interesting that it was composed by the uh, the composer that works with Rockstar. So I, I do think that's interesting. Who developed this game? Do you know? Uh, not in the slightest. OK, I didn't do that kind of research. OK, I'm just I'm, I'm curious to know who actually worked on it. And just see I guarantee maybe you one it. thing, though, it wasn't mm-hmm. Rockstar. No, I, I know for a fact it wasn't Rockstar um, just because, like I said, I, when you actually asked me who what they have in common, I had to think for a second. I was like, there's no way it looks like it was the collective. Who actually developed this? Oh, um, so it's okay. So they're, yeah. they're big. No, they're not. They, they, they did the they did the Buffy the Vampire Slayer game for the Game Boy Color. Yeah, they've only done a couple games, with their most recent one being Silent Hill Homecoming with Konami in uh, 2008. That didn't even they didn't even finish it. Um, that's because they went out of business working on that one. So, but uh, as I mentioned, I have two back-to-back JRPGs, so we'll kick it down to the second JRPG. Well, not even the second. I've picked from other JRPGs on today's episode. But uh, we'll kick it to the second one in this back-to-back part here. This is Flying in the Midst of the Storm from Wild Arms 3. That was Flying in the Midst of the Storm from Wild Arms 3, which released in Japan March 14th, 2002. We would eventually see it here in North America October 15th, 2002. Europe wouldn't see it until February of 2003. Um, 
composed by the composer that worked on the entire Wild Arms franchise, Machiko Naruke, who is also doing a track for the upcoming Super Smash Bros. Ultimate in two weeks. Uh, she's doing the rendition of Bloody Tears and Monsters Dance from Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Really? Yeah, she's the composer that's actually How be do doing that. How you work some awesome whistling into those songs? I don't think you will. I don't think you will. But if you do, that'd be awesome. That would be fantastic if you did. But no, as I was talking to you while we were listening to it, I really like the Wild Arms 3 soundtrack. Well, we've played another track. You actually picked a track from Wild Arms 3 yeah. in the past. But uh, I really like it because it incorporates whistling in this Wild West because the game obviously is it, it mimics the Wild West of, of, you know, like the 1800s, early 1900s of, of the United States. But uh, it, it incorporates that style and that sound into their soundtrack. And it's really well done. In this track in particular, with the whistling and the vocals, like the vocal chord chants being done, uh, it gives me goosebumps hearing this track. I really, really like this one a lot. No, it's, it's a really fun soundtrack, as I picked from it before. A lot of the songs are very much the same. Yeah. Wild, westy, whistly. Like, it's just, it's just awesome from front to back. Absolutely. I think we need to focus more on Wild Arms in the future, maybe do an episode on it at some point, because uh, there's a lot of great music to be found there. And uh, I'm still really hoping one day that we'll see another Wild Arms game because it's freaking time, man. We need a Wild Arms 6. We do. The last one, the last one we to release. skip 6, go straight to 7. Uh, the last one to release was on the PSP, Wild Arms XF, back in uh, 2008. So it's, wow, been, it's, been, it's, long, it's been 10 years. Ye- it's been 10 years, uh, even longer since we've seen a mainline Wild Arms because uh, the most recent one was Wild Arms 5 in 2007. So 11 years since a actual mainline Wild Arms game. All right. Jabroni. Oh, my God. Worth track today coming up. Here we go. You got two things to do. You got to know your role and shut your mouth. From WWE SmackDown, shut your mouth. This is BGM 2. BG Mania. That you Rudy Poo candy ass was WWE SmackDown. Shut your mouth, you damn jabroni. Uh, composed by Mr. Jim Johnson. Actually, himself. that was that was BGMO two. That wasn't just SmackDown. Shut your mouth. You just said the name of the game, not even the name of the track. He composed the whole damn thing. Well, that just shows how bad it is. You don't even know the name of the track. 
BGM02. Uh, this came out Halloween 2002. Um, very much a snapshot of the new metal era from 2002, though. Yeah, like Limp Biscuit era type stuff. Limp Biscuit, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, Keep rolling, 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 rolling. You can definitely hear Disturbed, Static X. You can hear all those things influenced there. It really, it's, it's like a mishmash of all those things put together. Uh, as if they all had a baby and all that baby was the background music number two. Ba with a ba, da bang, da bang, diggy, diggy. Well, that, that song is definitely, uh, speaks to my heart, and that was 1999. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the only the only BGM I care about is BG Mania. Is this was a great game. This is one of the it crown was a duels. good game, but it's one of the crown jewels of, of the uh, of, of wrestling games. Uh, something that the current games can definitely take a lesson or two from because they seamlessly worked in feuds. I disagree. Nah, this dude, is, this dude, is dude. where the WWE game started going downhill because after at, this. well, yes, but this game led to the formula that they still use to this day. They need if they want to take a lesson from something, go back to AKI made games in the Nintendo 64 and make wrestling games in that fashion again. No, Cause, no, because no. this this is this is when Ukes got involved and Ukes is still involved and Ukes sucks. Sorry to say, this one had the feud system down perfectly. Ugh, I'm not a fan. Oh well, that's because we beg to differ. But you know, this is probably this this is this is the crown jewel of PS2 wrestling games. Yeah, we know what happens when something is named crown jewel. Anyway. Well, you get you get millions and billions, possibly billions of dollars. Let's move on to something that is going to cleanse our minds of the crap that we just heard from another game that is arguably one of the best, if not the best. And a lot of people, again, we talked about that with the Wind Waker. So it's your personal preference here. But this is an amazing track that I purposely left out of the episode when we focused on this game for a particular reason. Uh, not for this episode, but I think it fits this episode perfectly. From Super Mario Sunshine, this is a secret course. And 
that was a secret course from Super Mario Sunshine, which released in Japan July 19th, 2002. We would see it in North America August 26th, 2002, so just a month later. And that particular track was composed by Koji Kondo. Great rendition of the Mario traditional theme. I absolutely love what they did and it with the voices. The theme of this game. It really, really does. It really does. And I love what they did with the actual vocals there. I just, dude, when I, again, I set this track aside when I was, you know, putting together the Super Mario Sunshine episode a couple months back, knowing I wanted to fit this in somewhere, but I didn't know where. I figured this is the best possible example to showcase how good 2002 really was, especially the GameCube, which I'm you and I are both really, really, really fond yeah. of. So really looking forward to it's a, I'm telling you, it's a marvelous system, man. I've bought the is. GameCube like four or five times over. I've never had to. I still have my original. No, I have mine, but I bought it as presents for people. Oh, I see I've... what you're saying. OK, but I love this, dude. I freaking love this. And I don't really know that uh, it doesn't get better than that. It doesn't. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. So I don't know. But as I mentioned, 2002 was a marvelous year. Sure was. Uh, and my next pick is very Marvel in nature because it's from X-Men The Next Dimension. This is The Tomb. That was Tomb from X-Men Next Dimension. Came out October 15th, 2002. Uh, this is the music that you hear when you're near the apocalypse levels. Apocalypse itself and Savanyur comes from uh, the deserts of uh, Arabia. So very Arabian feeling. Okay. Uh, this was actually composed by two people. Um, and they actually did a couple games together. Nothing of note though. Uh, Keith Aram and Michael Cullen. Uh, Keith Aram, more popular because he was one of the composers on Earthworm Jim. Good, good game. Good game. Good, good game, game. Good music. Uh, and they also worked on Golden Axe Beast Rider together. Okay. Which is also a game. 
One sacred game. Put a game. X Men: Dimension was a really, really fun game. Uh, not the best X Men game, but it was fun for what it was. And it fit the 2002 theme of Marvelous Games, so I had to get in there. Yeah, what is the best X-Men game in your opinion? The one on the SNES? The one on the Genesis, I think, was better. Genesis, okay. Yeah. I like the one on the SNES. Although, I'm quite fond of Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but it's not an X-Men game. No, but that's an everything game. But yeah, Ultimate Alliance is great, dude. I liked both of those. But yeah, as far as X-Men games goes, the one for Genesis was really, really, really good. Okay. Yeah, because I remember playing the Super Nintendo one back in the day. Never owned it, but I used to rent it from the local video store and uh, used to play the crap out of that one. There's actually a little fun part of the game where uh, you fight the, the the villain Mojo, and a countdown timer comes on and tells you you have to reset the uh, system, like in the game. Mm-hmm. To literally beat that, then you try everything. Is you literally have to hit reset on your Genesis. So, like, people think that it's tricking you to reset it, but it's really not. Well, it's telling you to reset the system, and that's telling you to actually reset your system. Like, because they have a, there's like a big computer system that's ready to blow up, and it's telling you that like, you, you have to reset it. You literally reset your Genesis. A lot of people didn't figure this out until much later on, because we talked about in other episodes about, you know, strategy guides and such. Yeah, 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 yeah. On you, Max you never You, you would have never put that together to literally hit the reset button. And when you hit reset, the game will, like, boot up all funky and stuff, and, like, like, like the Matrix code. Uh, and then you would actually get you to the next level. So it was, it was a pretty cool thing that, you know, you, I, I don't think I've ever seen that in other games going forward. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. That is really, really neat. It was like, you know, it's weird things like that. That and like uh, Legend of Zelda uh, for the DS having you close the system for, for things like right, to get, to get right, stamps. Right, uh, yeah. Like, like, like cool stuff like that. So. Yeah, well, I wouldn't really say stamps are cool, but. Uh, well, it just shows that you're not a whatever stamp collectors are called. <laughs> Uh, I got one track left. And so do I. I know. And as has been the the theme for me today, uh, I'm going to go to another GameCube game. Ooh. Be, I, and I picked a lot from... We've actually picked a lot of GameCube today, which is unsurprising just because, uh, you know, we are we are big fans of Nintendo and GameCube. Uh, we also picked a lot of a PS2, but that makes sense. It's 2002. Those are the two systems that were available. But uh, I really like this track here. From Mario Party 4, this is Toad's Midway Madness.
And that was Toad's Midway Madness from Mario Party 4, which released in North America first, October 21st, 2002. Japan would see it a few weeks later, November 8th, 2002. And composed by Ichiro Shimakura, who is most well-known for doing the music for Mario Party, starting with Mario Party 3, through 2017's Mario Party The Top 100. Did not work on Super Mario Party this year. Why not? I have no idea why not. I think it's weird that he didn't work on that one. So, yeah, I, I have no clue why he didn't do uh, why he didn't do that one. I don't know. Maybe because it's not I'm as good. S- I'm, I'm going to say he did, and he's not getting the credit he deserves. Well, he didn't. But uh, I, I really do think that's because Super Mario Party is a... It really is a bastardized version of Mario Party. Like, it's nowhere near as good as Mario Party used to be. Still fun to play with other people. Still a blast to play with other people, especially when you're doing, like, the River Rapids and, like, the mini games. Yeah. But the board games leave a lot to be desired. The actual, like, meat and potatoes of the game, there's four four boards, and they're about as big as my hand. Like, literally. Like, the the freaking... They're it tiny. Really, really is. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're so small. In, in comparison to the way that Mario Party boards used to look back during, like, the Nintendo 64 and, more specifically, the GameCube era. I do think the best Mario Parties exist on the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, great. Agreed 100%. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Well, you're agreeing with me, so, of course, well, I, agree, I agree with, with yourself, you. you of course. Well, and that's usually what I do because I know how right I am. Uh, but this wow. particular track... <laughs> Douche, thy name is Brian. <laughs> this particular track is so good it's it's dude there's something about this and i and i listened to the entire soundtrack for mario party 4 toad's midway madness is really the only one that stands out as a stellar track and i, I don't know man it just it, this is so freaking well done and as soon as i heard it i instantly remembered this particular piece of music from the game and how much i used to love hearing it when playing this game back in 2002 so that's why I saved it to, for the end, because to me, this one really, besides Mario, Super Mario Sunshine, The Wind Waker, this was 2002 to me. Playing Wind Waker, playing Mario Sunshine, and playing Mario Party 4. Mario Party 4 caused many a fight in my household. I'm sure that it did. Man, my sisters hated me. They probably still do. Uh, even throwing handicaps on them, I'd make sure I steal their stars. So. It's not just your sisters. Really? I happen to think that I am a beloved character and a beloved personality. Yeah. But I think a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> so for the final track today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm choosing Green Goblin from Spider-Man, which came out in uh, April 16th, 2002. Right around the same time as the movie, right? Yes. It was actually Spider-Man, the movie, the game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was actually composed by Emmy Award-winning composer Michael McQuiston. Uh, he does all the DC animated shows and movies. So it's crazy that he's a Marvel guy, but he's more famous for all the DC stuff. Still to this um, day, he does that? Like, is he doing Aquaman and that kind of stuff? Or? The, the, the animated. Oh, um, oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, but any animated one that you've seen, like Batman, Master of Phantasm, even Batman the Animated Series, all the TV shows, all the, the, the movies they put out, he's the composer, and he's won Emmys for his work in these awesome awesome things he did teen titans so nice he's he's, he's the man uh and this one this last one is the battles music that you hear while, while facing the green goblin you can definitely hear a bit of a john williams-esque kind of thing to it right yeah um, you can definitely hear that when you listen to it for sure uh but then again 
it really is a style all his own because you could say that Batman animated series sounds very John Williams esque, but it is all Michael McQueeson. Yeah. Yeah, this is the only other track that I won't give you crap for for picking them today because I really do like this track as well. This and uh, and Fight Theme 6 from Godzilla Destroy Monsters Melee since that's Jake Kaufman. Everything else, you could have easily put a better game in there. Well, maybe I'll revisit 2002 for Radio Hour. You never know. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Let's 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 not. Let's okay. Not. We'll do 1987. No, how about no theme? <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually what Radio Hour means. No theme. And uh, yeah, let's let's try to keep it that way. And well, obviously, sometimes we do end up doing themes for Radio Hour. Like last uh, last month, we did spooky music. But still, uh, it's more fun to just pick an eclectic conglomeration of music. That's it. All rap songs. My God, no. <laughs> but I do think that's going to bring us to the close of the episode today, unless you have anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here. Uh, just uh, listen tomorrow. We have a special bonus episode coming out. We do. Yeah, we, we're recording this episode. Uh, well, we're actually recording this BG Mania on Sunday. So we'll be actually recording the thankful episode dedicated to you, the listener. That'll be we're recording that tomorrow and Tuesday. We're going to split it half and half. Uh, so as we mentioned, hopefully all the tracks got submitted in time, because obviously if you're hearing this, the deadline is up. The, rec- the episode's recorded as you're listening. If you're listening to this as it posts on Wednesday and the date for Wednesday is the 21st. So if you're listening to it on Wednesday, November 21st, I am currently sitting in my studio editing tomorrow's episode that you will hear in less than 24 hours. Fun to think about. So when you listen to this, just know I'm hard at work preparing that episode for you. But don't let that stop you from sending us in your picks, though, because Radio Hour is coming up. Absolutely. uh, And I would like to have a nice backlog of songs to pick from, because if they fit into a themed episode, I would love to jam into a themed episode. So whatever you send me, please, please, please. Yeah, absolutely. We. uh, I I, I love having you as part of the show. Absolutely. And I definitely uh, every track that was and I mentioned this in in the uh, the VGM podcast fans Facebook group in one of my posts. Uh, if you're not a part of that, I highly recommend going there if you are a fan of video game music podcasts. But um, I mentioned that every track that was submitted that we didn't pick from, because a lot of people submitted more than one track, especially from the fan group. So every track that was submitted that is not being played on tomorrow's thankful episode will be played at some point in the future, whether that's on another bonus episode or a themed episode or a radio hour. Every track that was submitted for this thankful episode tomorrow will eventually get played. But for tomorrow's episode, I did want to keep it to one track per person to spread it out to 16 different people with 16 different stories. So that was my that was our intent when we kind of did this thing. But everything else that you submitted, I promise you, at some point in the future, will still be played on an episode of BG Mania. But uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. So we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Remember, as Frank just said, to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through iTunes. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and subscribe to our channel there if you haven't already. We can also be found over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all the live streams and event coverage and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box for the appropriate links. Next week, it is the end of the month. So we will be doing a radio hour 
Volume 17. An eclectic mix of music. There'll be five tracks from me, five tracks from Frank, one track from you, and one track from Jessica. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Green Goblin from Spider-Man the Movie the Game, I think is how you would actually say that. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. <laughs>